Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Father, we thank you for your word this day. We pray that the entrance of your word will bring light and understanding to the simple. Lord, we pray that your people will remain meek and teachable. And nothing they receive today will stand against them in the day of judgment. Help us by grace to be doers of your word and not hear us alone deceiving ourselves. I receive by faith for me and your people this morning a fresh outpouring of your spirit. An unction to function. An anointing for service. That in the name of Jesus, you will think through my thoughts and speak through my vocal cord. And Lord, the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart and that of your people be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and the people said, Amen. Please take your seat in God's presence. Today's message is a second part or the third, depending on whether you are counting from the end of the New Year gathering or from last Sunday, uh, of our series titled Seven Biblical Pillars of Wealth Creation. Seven Biblical Pillars of Wealth Creation. And I want you to please turn your Bible with me to Joshua chapter 1. That will be our first text. And after that, we go to the book of Proverbs, which will be the second text. And you will see the disparity between God's definition of prosperity and today's church definition. The difference between success from God's perspective and what men of God and people in church and people in the world term as success. Except we bring ourselves into alignment with God's word, we'll be chasing the shadows. Joshua chapter 1, beginning from verse 1 to 11. And please pay attention as we read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Some translation says Moses' minister. Others said Moses' servant. He was his assistant his minister, his servant, God spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. That's, that's critical. In today's word, Joshua would not even wait at all. He knew that Moses had climbed up and he wasn't returning. 
he had an idea because he was so close enough. And you will see as we go on that before this time, he had been inaugurated twice. At the instance of God, God commanded Moses to inaugurate him before the people and put some of his authority into his hands and lay hands on him. And by the laying on of hands of Moses, the spirit of wisdom flowed into Joshua and he began to operate in wisdom. But nevertheless, he knew his master. He called him Lord, actually. Joshua called him Lord. You remember where he called him Lord? When Meldad and Eldad were prophesying in their tent, he said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. He said, no, I wish all the people of God would prophesy. He knew he climbed up and he had not returned. He knew he had gone, but he was not going to presume on God. He waited to be called. Now listen to the rest. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I'm given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot we tread upon, I have given you, as I said, to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon. As far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea to where the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to these people, you shall divide an inheritance as an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. I think we should go back to the verse before this. It's important because when we begin to define God's perspective of success and prosperity, you will see that there's such a wide disparity. His definition and our definition at loggerheads. Material mesmerism had replaced what God intended for our benefit. Be strong and of good courage. Read the next line with me. For to these people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. That was his assignment. Spelt out by God. Let's read on. Only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law. Which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from me to the right hand. Or to the left. That you may prosper. I can't hear you. That you may prosper. Wherever you go. Underline the word prosper. Because we are going deeper now by the time we get to verse 8. Ready? Read. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Health and wealth Gospel preachers are twisted this completely out of shape. 
Now we have prosperity without purpose. And there's such a thin line between the world and the church. When you're talking about prosperity. Read verse 9. Let's go to verse 9. There's a, a critical point there. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What did God say there? Have I not commanded you? Now listen to the next line. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people. You do not have any command to give anyone if you are not carrying command yourself. If God is not commanding Joshua... He has no command to issue to the officers of the people. And if the officers of the people are not complying with the command they are receiving from Joshua, who receives his command from God, the people also will not respond. Let's read. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land with the Lord your God is giving you to possess. I've taught you that before. The command chain that must not be broken. The defiant and those who are not submissive to authority can kiss good success and prosperity goodbye. The centurion said, I am a man under authority. We are fast becoming a lawless society. We are fast becoming a lawless society and anywhere the rule of law is not firmly established is a lawless society. And those who are perpetrating such lawlessness, they do not see the havoc they are doing until payday comes. The command chain that must not be broken. God said, have I not commanded you, Joshua? From the command he received, he called the officers of the people. He commanded them, and the officers of the people commanded the people. You can see it flowing down. And when you find the defiant, not submissive to authority, and challenging them and talking about them, you know that they are, they are ill-mannered. And they need to be put in their place to let them know that what you are doing is violating the entire house. Whether it's here, whether it's government, if we are not submissive to authority, we can never have a predictably progressive society. As to the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Peace is the foundation of increase. Let me limit myself to prosperity and let me limit myself to good success. Let's go back and find out what these words actually mean. Because right now, it is nothing but riches, money, gold, and silver. When you say someone is prosperous, you are looking at the mansion he lives in, the car he drives, the private jet he parks. That's your definition of success. That's not God's definition. Is God against riches? No. Is he against material substance? No. They are tools. Come with me to Genesis 24, verse number 10. Abraham was about to send a servant to go get a bride for his son. What is the name of the servant? Eliezer. This is the first time you will find the word success 
and prosper in the entire Bible. It's got nothing to do with money. Then the servant, that is Eliezer, took ten of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time. The time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Hello. Eliezer was a chief steward, a slave born in Abraham's house that was trained by Abraham. And now Abraham had trusted him with all his goods. But he asked him to go get a wife for his son from among his people. And when he got to Mesopotamia, he caused his camels to kneel down. And he bowed himself to pray, Lord, give me success today. Is that money? You know, I always wonder, and I told you before, why these prosperity merchants don't go to Dubai to preach their prosperity? Because it will be meaningless there. Give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. I told you before, you cannot separate success from prosperity. They are two sides of the same coin. Now look at verse 21. When Rebekah came and fulfilled the script that is put before God and gave water to his camels, gave him water, the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Where is money here? Where are riches here? Where is gold? Where is silver? Material mesmerism had eaten the soul of the church and we are also pursuing what the world is pursuing. That's why there's no difference. We don't even know what true prosperity is. We don't know what good success is. And if this is not enough, let's go again to Genesis 39 and look at the man Joseph who was a slave bought twice. He was sold by his brothers to the Ishmaelites and the Ishmaelites now sold him to Captain Potiphar. Let's look at him in Genesis 39, a slave. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. He was a successful man in the house of his master. Slave! Let the, let, 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 let these progress negators who are, who are, who turn church into casino continue to deceive you. Joseph was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord, oh please, because when we get to the, for the, to the pillars, 
of wealth creation, you will see that it has nothing to do with every permutation and everything you have learned about, about, about uh, uh, feasibility study, uh, capital, idea, and all those things. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. The Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Let's take it further. They threw him into prison. They lied against him. Mrs. Potiphar lied against him. And this man was thrown into prison. A slave now in prison, less his condition. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. Just as Abraham committed all that he had to the hands of Eliezer. Jobs are not scarce. Only faithful men are rare. Society is crying. The polity is crying for capable, competent men who can truly deliver. But because they dangle carrots of money before us, we jump at it and sell our birthright. And then you can't hold them responsible for not delivering anything to you because you are paid in advance. Let's read. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Inside prison, the Lord made everything he did to prosper in prison. Is this the teaching in the church today? So when the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do what is written therein. And then he said, you make your way. The word there is direct in Hebrew. You will understand your divine assignment. And then you will have Good success because you will fulfill that assignment. Yes, sir. Has nothing to do with money. Does God not know you need money? Is that your heavenly father knows you have need of these things? So do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worship mammon. Do not let your heart be filled with anxiety over those things. You just seek God first. And his righteousness. And it will cause what others are looking for to look for you. Let me take Joshua chapter 1, 1 to 9 to 11 first. And then I go to Proverbs 9. We are looking at biblical definition of success and prosperity. The first thing you would see in Joshua 1. Is that Joshua was servant of Moses before he could become servant of God? It is, you know, I love Igbo people. Uh, not because uh, uh, Governor Peter Obi is here, I've said this story several times. The first time I made money in my life, I made from Igbo people. That's why I love them. M. Okano Ochiros of one of Aaron de Zogo in 1985 paid me half a million for a case to start with. I carried the money home because bank had closed, kept it 
at the top of our wardrobe. My wife saw it, woke me up at 3 a.m. and said, I love it, good people. They will go serve for years. Go to Alaba. They will serve their masters, but they are not going to get money other than food. And when they are going, when it is time to go, their master will now establish them perhaps in the same line of business and they have their own shop. Listen. The servant is one day going to become a master himself. But the master cannot become God. Do you understand me? Joshua started his career as minister, as servant of Moses. But he didn't end his career as servant of Moses. He ended his career as servant of God. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24 verse 29. Beg your pardon. Joshua 24 verse 29. Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. How did he start his career? Servant of Moses. How did he finish his career? Servant of the Lord. That's why the Bible says in Luke chapter 16, if you are not faithful in another man's, who is going to give you your own? If you are not faithful in another man, you want to learn principles of success, principles of, of prosperity, you must learn from those who know better than you do. This day, we are talking of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. People are just coming out of school and starting their own business. It's called upstart. Whether it's upstart or downstart, you'll find out later when you have no experience. When I qualified as a barrister and solicitor of the Supreme Court, my classmates were making 3,000 naira almost every day doing charge and bail at Ikeja, magistrate court, over there. The, their stomachs were beginning to shoot out like they were classmates. And they were telling me this, you, you're just wasting your time. You know where I was? Ganifying Miss Chambers. You know how much my salary was? 400 naira a month. I had no car. I had a big umbrella that I would trek from Ilupe, from Ilupe Jushere close to Antony Village. We'll start work at 8. We'll close at 3 a.m. We'll be back at 8. But by the time I left him, I went to Chief Rotim Williams and learned a little more. And I started my chambers. When I stand in court, they will be doing their charge and bail. They couldn't stand in court to do what we were doing because they did not bother to go learn the rudiments, the unwritten rules of law that you cannot find anywhere. When you learn from the masters, you know how to cross sword and you stand and say, turn the back and appears for the plaintiff. Even SCNs were catching cold because they know what you know. They know, they understand you are not coming there to be apologetic. I won my first court of appeal case at the age of 21 days old at the bar. Go check the records. Because we were trained by the masters. If Peter, James, and John were not properly discipled, Jesus would not have said in John 17 before going to the cross, I have finished the work which you have given me. He has not gone to the cross. He said, I have finished the work which you have given me. What work? I have reproduced myself in this one. Who are you serving? If you see any man who became rich overnight, he will die overnight. Because he will not know how to sustain it. Who are you serving? He would 
takes care of the fig tree shall eat his fruit, Proverbs, and he who serves his master shall be honored. So Joshua, the servant of Moses, ended up as Joshua, the servant of the Lord. Another critical point in the story of Joshua that I want you to see is that God is a God of boundary. This is what this generation does not understand, that God is a God of boundary. Give me Joshua 1 and give me verse number 3. Joshua 1, I need to lay this foundation very thoroughly. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you every place. Now, Pente Rascals will go rent the house of a widow and they'll be praying for her to die so that the place can become church. That's stealing. Do you understand me? That's not righteousness. They rent a person's place and they now be saying, Lord, let something happen to them so that we can have this place. No, that is stealing. Listen, every place, don't go claim another man's property. You are a thief, you are a trespasser. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses, but see boundary from the wilderness. And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. It's within that boundary that you can claim what is yours. Not outside of that boundary. God is a God of boundary. What does that mean? You must understand your spiritual jurisdiction in order to function properly. My Lord, you are a court, you are a judge of the high court. Do they try murder cases in magistrate court? No. Why? It's beyond their jurisdiction. God is a God of boundary. If a magistrate will preside over a murder case, it is ultra virus. It's gone beyond his authority. You must know the things that have been freely given to you by God. It is within that boundary that you begin to excel. Do you understand me? I'm not sure you're getting this. Barrister, do they file election petitions at the high court? It's election tribunal. Why? Jurisdiction. Do you know your jurisdiction? Do you know their spiritual jurisdiction? Do you know there's a boundary? It is because Joseph understood boundary that he did not sleep with Mrs. Potiphar. Say, every other thing in this house is under my care except you because you are his wife. Boundary. Boundary. Jurisdiction. Boundary. You must understand your sphere of influence or else I remember Baba Jashada used to be part of this church. Did not understand one word of English. He said, Baba Shegu was calling me. You must understand your boundary. You must understand your jurisdiction. Within that boundary that God has given you, nobody can stand against you. That's why he said to him, no one will be able to stand against you. When I say, stay where you are, I have a reason for telling you to stay. Because if every other person will line up, every other thing will line up, and if anyone comes against you, they will scatter seven ways. Stay in your jurisdiction. Stay in your boundary. Do not crisscross like Nigerian politicians. 
Today they are in PDP. Tomorrow they are in APC. Next tomorrow they are back here. Then thereafter they are in labor. Thereafter they are in this. And you, they confuse the atmosphere. We don't even know what party we are voting for anymore. It is true of all of them. No one is exempted from them. It's true of all of them. Or else, what happened to ANPP? That was not useful more before it became CPC. Before now, it's, it's, it, it, they're all part of the same thing. Nigeria needs a new breed without greed. I'm telling you, we need a new breed without greed. God Almighty, you wait till next Sunday. A wild wind is passing through Nigeria. It's a wild wind of God Almighty. He's passing through this nation. He will silence the adversary in the mighty name of Jesus. Nigeria will experience a new lease of life. I'm not anybody's mouthpiece. I told you the name of my party over three years ago. It's called Tawakali to Mubulu Aduro. I thank God for those who are conscientious in the polity. I will not belittle the efforts of people like Peter Obi, what he did in, in, in the East. I won't belittle that because he contributed his quota. When such people talk, you want to listen to what they want to say. When the likes of Mogalu are talking, I want to listen to what he has to offer. When Obiasekwesele is talking, I want to listen to what... But if I don't understand your language, and you don't understand my language, and you have to speak to me in a foreign language, I don't understand all the same, you cannot be representing me. Look, we are going somewhere. We will get there. Nigeria will be delivered. As the Lord lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Listen, God is a God of boundary. There is jurisdiction. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. I had not seen, here has no heart, neither has it entered into the hearts of men, the thing that the Lord has preserved and prepared for them who love him. Read further. Go on. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Read the next line with me. Ready, read. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. But the spirit is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Tell your neighbor, God is a God of boundary. I can't hear you. Amen. You will make your way prosperous and you will have Good success. I like to drive this point home today in a way that you will never forget. God told Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night so that you make your way. Look in the middle column of your Bible. Give me your. KJV Bible, NKJV. Thank you. 
Look at verse number 7. It says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. What is the meaning of that? Look in the middle column. That you may act wisely. That you may act wisely wherever you go and then be successful because you act wisely. Why? Success is a byproduct of wisdom. Wisdom is profitable to direct. That's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Wisdom is profitable to direct. You, you will direct your affairs with wisdom. Now let's find out something that will show you what God's definition is compared to material mesmerism that has activated greed and covetousness in the hearts of people, including God's people, including those who are ripping them off and saying, give 1,000, God will give you 10,000. I don't know how, when the church became a casino. But let's see. In Joshua chapter 12, I want you to please pay attention. In Joshua chapter 12, I give you a background. Joshua wrote this to show how many lands and kings were conquered by Moses. And how many kings and territories he conquered himself. And when he began, let's read, these are the kings of the land whom the children of Israel defeated and whose land they possessed on the other side of the Jordan toward the rising of the sun from the river Anon to Mount Hermon and all the eastern Jordan plain. One king was who? Sihon, the king of the Amorites. Go on, we'll find another king. Go on, thank you. Go on. The other king was Og, the king of Bashan. And his territory, who was of the remnant of the giants who dwelt at the Asherah and at Edrei. Go on. Go on. This Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the children of Israel had conquered and Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given it as a possession to who? The Rebianites, the Gadites, and half tribe of Manasseh. Now that shows you Moses got to the promised land. He divided the land to them. Do you understand me? He just did not cross Jordan. Are you with me? Now, how many kings and territories did Moses conquer? Two. How many did Joshua conquer? 31. 31. Let's read. Go on. And the king, and these are the kings of the country with Joshua and the children of Israel conquered on this side of the Jordan on the west from Belgard in the valley of Lebanon as far as Mount Alak and the ascent to Seir, which Joshua gave to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their divisions. Ready? In the mountain country, in the lowlands, in the Jordan plain, in the slopes, in the wilderness, in the south, the Hittites, the Hamorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. Ready? The king of Jericho, one. The king of here, the king of Jerusalem, the king of, you can continue till the end. The last verse, the king of Jamut, the king of one. All the kings, 31. By this time, who is more successful than the other? 
Moses or Joshua? In the sight of the world, it will be Joshua because he conquered 31 territories and their kings, whereas Moses is master, conquered only two. And while he was still saying, one, one, 31, God interrupted him. Chapter 13. Now Joshua was old, advancing years, and the Lord said to him, you are old, advancing years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. Success is not what you do compared to what others have done. Success is what you do compared to what you are assigned to do. When you are comparing yourself with others, that's competition. It's not success. Do you understand me? It isn't success. 31 against 2 would look like you are successful. He said, you are old. I didn't ask you to be competing and comparing yourself with Moses. Without Moses, you will not be here. I asked you to follow everything that I gave to Moses. You are followed, but you are not succeeding. There's too much land to be possessed. It was then he woke up from his slumber. And he knew that his assignment was to divide the land. See, this is the problem with a government that starts up money and does not release it to the market. That's the problem. The, the, when Yaradua became president, I danced in this church, you remember? When I heard that he left so much in the, in the, in the treasury, that he left so much money. And then I got to Casino, they were cutting firewood for the people to be able to survive. And I'm saying, what is the essence of the money pack up? Is this a casino disease that you pack money up and stack it up and nothing is released to society? Are we going to be eating the money packed up or the one you release so that there's development, so that there's infrastructure developed? Do you understand what I'm saying? Here is Joshua 31 against Moses 2. Moses divided east before he left. Joshua was stockpiling. And God said, you are a failure. You have not done what you are asked to do. It was then he woke up and he divided the land. Do you know when he got his own land? After he had distributed the land to other people. After he has given them good leaders eat last. Do you understand me? I book of Joshua. I gave you the profile of this man to whom God spoke for the first time good success and prosper or prosperity to let you know that God is in the business of looking at what you have done and the assignment that he has given you. Here we go. Joshua 19 Verses 49 and 50. Joshua 19 verses 49 and 50. When they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua, the son of Nun. He was in his twilight years. Up to this time, he had no real estate to his own name. It was after he had distributed resources and land to the people that they in turn now gave him his own. So when you say good success and prosperity and you, you relate it to real estate, he didn't have it until his people were settled. 
So, true success is not the magnitude of what you have done compared to others. It is what you have done compared to what God gave you to do. If you do not do what God asked you to do, you end up becoming a medusome interloper in other people's affairs. Give me Revelation chapter 3 and see what Jesus said about gold, silver, riches, and everything. I do not expect you to say amen. Mm -hmm. Revelation 3 verse 14. Revelation 3, 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things say the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor... I will wish you were cold or... Because if you are cold, I know how to deal with you. If you are hot, I know how to deal with you. But when you are lukewarm, you make me sick. That's what he's saying. You make me sick. So then because you are lukewarm, another corner, I will vomit you out of my mouth. It's when you are sick that you vomit. You make me sick. Why are they like this? Listen to it. Because you say, I am rich. I have become wealthy. And I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Can you impress God with your limousine? Can you impress God? With your yacht? Can you impress God with your jet? Can you impress God with your mansion? Can you impress God with your bank account? He owns the entire universe and much more. What you call riches is not riches to him. What you call prosperity is not prosperity to him. So let's now calm down and begin to find out what is true prosperity. I'll give you a definition and then we go to the pillars of world creation. Because it doesn't matter who you are. Ask Job. There are winds that can blow everything away in a split second. You remember the four boxes I created for you? I said, draw a square and put a cross in between. There will be how many holes there? Four. I said, that is the demography of world population and world reach and have not. The first one is the halves. We have money. The second one is the have-nots. The third one is the year to have. The fourth hole is used to have. In life, you will go through all. If care is not taken. But how do you sustain the temple? You have to understand the God who created the universe and all the wealth in it. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Take this down. What is, from the biblical standpoint, what is good success and what is prosperity? Good success begins with a comprehension of your God-given assignment. Good success begins with a comprehension of your God-given assignment and it is accomplished when you fulfill same by the grace of God. Good success begins with a comprehension of your God-given assignment and it is accomplished when you fulfill same by the grace of God. How about true prosperity? 
true prosperity is having the presence of God in your life. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. True prosperity is having the presence of God in your life, even as it causes you by his grace to make a success of your endeavors. You cannot separate good success from true prosperity. Can I hear amen? Now, let me just affirm something now before I misunderstood and taken out of context. I do, I'm not saying to you to discard everything you have learned about word creation. That's not what I'm saying. Because if something has worked for you and is working for you, there's no point reinventing the wheel. But I don't care where you obtain the principles from, whether LSE or Oxford or Cambridge or Lagos Business School or University of Lagos or University of Ife. If they are not founded upon godly principles, you are chasing shadow. But everything you have learned from school and from college that is founded upon the word of God and upon godly principles, you can keep on using them. What I'm about to teach has nothing to do with what Harvard teaches. And I know some of the things they teach has nothing to do with Ceteris parables. All things being equal. Has nothing to do with market forces. Demand and supply. Do you understand? It has nothing to do with that. They are godly principles established upon the word of God. And it does not matter where you go, you will prosper. Proverbs chapter 9. Please pay attention. If I can take one today, I will take it. If I can take two today, I will take it. But you must know those pillars. Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built what? Is he asking you to come and help him build? Wisdom has built a house. She has in out her seven pillars. How many pillars? Seven. She has in out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, teachable, meek, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I've mixed. Forsake foolishness and leave and go in the way of understanding. He who corrects his coffer gets shame for himself and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. You remember brother Kenneth Hagin of blessed memory? He wrote a book titled Midas Touch. And he began to warn the charismatic church that you are laying undue emphasis on prosperity without purpose, on material mesmerism, and they attacked him. They said, now that you have made your own money, you are robbing us of making ours. He said, no, this is not the way to make it. This is robbing the church. This is selling mantu. This is selling charmite. Chattels, this is merchandising the anointing. This is not God's way. They attacked him. Go read the book. Wisdom said, I've built my house. I've healed my seven pillars. Come. Let's read further. Do not correct his cover, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, 
and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, he will still be wiser. Teach a just man, he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. What are the seven pillars, seven biblical pillars of wealth creation? Wisdom has built a house. Give me Isaiah 55. Let me show you how, how money fails when it comes to certain principles of God. And one day before we close this series, I'll take you to Egypt where they say money has failed. Because there are, there are realms money cannot access. Oh, everyone who thirsts, do what? Come to the waters. And you will have no money. Come, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why? It's all paid for. God created a world of abundance. And he's still raising the poor from the doors and the beggar from the dunghill to set them among the princes so that they may inherit the throne of glory. How much was Joseph worth while in prison? Talk to me. Then who came out of prison to control all the resources of Egypt? How much was Daniel worth in captivity? How much was Adaza worth before she became queen? How much was Nehemiah worth? When, when everything about your worth is money is very little. Little worth. Let me take one or two pillars today because of time. Seven biblical pillars of wealth creation. The first major pillar is the presence of God. The presence of God. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. He was a slave. The Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man. First Samuel chapter number 16. And the Lord was with David. Let's look at the life of the patriarchs. Abraham was rich in gold. He was rich in silver. He was rich in camel. He was rich in men's servant, female servant, in hat, livestock. He was rich. The Bible says in Genesis 24, the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. What is the secret? Do you understand me? By means of strength shall no man prevail. Are you a carrier of his presence? The presence of God commands the miraculous. Come with me quickly. Let's check the life of the patriarchs. What made them strong? Why were they different? The presence of God in their lives. Many of us are not intimate with this God. We just want to use him to get things. Abraham, Genesis chapter 21, verse 22. Genesis 21, 22. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech, he was the king of Jerah, and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham. What did they, what did they say to him? God is with you. In all that you do, ask your neighbor, is God with you? 
Are you a carrier of his presence? Is God with you in all that you do? Is God there? Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Joseph was so conscious of the presence of God. He said, woman, how shall I do this and sin against God? In all that you do, the Lord is with you. Isaac. Let's check Isaac out. Genesis 26, verse 26. Genesis 26, verse 26. Then Abimelech came to him from Jerah with Ahuzat, one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his army. Two went to Abram. Three are now come to Isaac, his descendant, and his son. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, Let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm since we have not trusted you and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace, liar. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Why? The Lord is with you. How about Jacob? Genesis 31. Jacob. Genesis 31, verse 25. Genesis 31, verse 25. So Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mountains of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done that you have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives taken with the sword? Why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For I might have sent you away with joy, liar, and sons with timbrel and harp. And you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly in so doing. Listen to this. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. The presence of the Lord will fight your battles. It does not matter the challenges you face. If God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. The Lord was with Abraham. The Lord was with Jacob. The Lord was with Isaac. The Lord was with Joseph. Despite all you know about the circumstances of the birth of Ishmael, the presence of God kept him in the wilderness of Piran until he became a mighty nation just because it was Abraham's seed. Ishmael, Ishmael, Ishmael. Not Isaac now. Genesis 21, verse 20 to 21. Genesis 21, verses 20 and 21. So God was with the lad and he... <laughs> God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. God was with the lad and he grew. Do you know how many tribes he had? Twelve. Just like Jacob. Twelve. Why? God said to Abraham in that same chapter, he said, because is your seed also. Is the Lord with you? One with God is majority. Do you understand me? If God is backing up a man, 
Be careful. If God's hand is upon a man, be careful. If you cannot be his friend, don't be his enemy. Because God will fight on behalf of his friends. This is what we do not prioritize anymore. We have no intimacy with God. We just want quick fixes. We push our children to do this course, to do that course. IT is the latest thing now. Please face your IT, face IT, face this one. Without the presence of God, it will not work. But if you have given them God, God will serve them. The fear of God will keep them because the fear of God is a treasure of God. Are you with me? The presence of God was with Joseph. He was a successful man. The presence of God was with, was with David. He became a mighty warrior and a king. The presence of God is the first pillar. The presence of God. The presence of God. If you're not enjoying the presence of God, you have to endure the presence of demons that will torment you every time. Do I need to mention the Lord Jesus himself? Let me point something to you that I've not said either to. (laughs) The reason Jesus performed those miracles is because God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now listen to this. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. God is in the brothel, he's in the bar. God is in Oboni House. Do you understand me? He's in Kalakuta Republic. God is omnipresent. Present. We are not talking about omnipresence of God when we talk about his presence. We are talking about his manifest and indwelling presence. And it's not cheap. It's not cheap. His dwelling presence. When it's indwelling you, you don't need follow up. You have God wherever you go. You will stand with Mrs. Potiphar and say, how shall I do this and sin against God? They will offer you bribes and say, ah, no way. I know how this will contaminate my future. Do you understand me? You, you will not be bought because you have already been bought by Christ. Do you get this point? You're, nobody can mark the price that Jesus paid for you. His indwelling presence is not cheap. I shared with you about Adasha, didn't I? The queen. It was going to, she was going to stand before the king for how many nights? One night. One night. And they had to prepare her with certain oil for six months. And she had to take certain baths for six months. Why? Because she was going to stand in the presence of the king for one night. Now compare the king to God. And see that it's not cheap to carry his presence. To go everywhere. Carrying him everywhere. His indwelling presence is not cheap. His omnipresent is everywhere, but his indwelling and manifest presence. When Jacob woke up from that dream in Genesis 28, what did he say? God is in this place, and I know it not. This is the gate of heaven. This is the house of God. There was no building there. He was talking about his manifest 
presence. But it's indwelling presence ain't cheap because God that we serve, his eyes are too pure to behold sin. And yet he wants to dwell in us. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. I am my father. First, we manifest ourselves to him. Second, we come and dwell in him. John 14, the presence of God. John 14, verse 19. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you live also. So that's not too many presence. The world will see me no more, but you will see me. At that day, you will know that I'm in my father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is not omnipresence. This is manifest presence of God. I will manifest myself to him. Read on. Judas, not Iscariot, it can't be him. He prefers silver to savior. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home, our menu, our abode in him. When you carry the presence of God, it will distinguish you from the park. You don't understand. Pharaoh looked at Joseph. Said, Is there any man in this land in whom the spirit of God dwells like this man? From this day, I appoint you ruler over all Egypt. He came from prison, but he carried the presence of God. Yes, Ask your neighbor, what do you carry? What are you carrying? Are you a carrier of his glory? Are you a carrier of his presence? The moment you have his presence, you have everything. Everything. Because it means you have everything you need on the inside of you. Everything. It's not, <laughs> it's not just mouth. It's not playing uh, with words. It's being conscious of God. March 1989, I'd signed an agreement. I was about to sign an agreement with a landlord along Gladiko Oluwole for a place of worship. We had gathered the money. It was going to take 10000 It was an allergy. His factory is next door. I was coming to pay him so that we can take the place of worship and we'll start lettering. As I turned this corner, never pass here in my life. We turned this corner to go. The Lord said to me, stop. This is the place I've reserved for you. I told the driver to stop. I came out. I look at this place. Humongous. In my sight back then. Huge. God. He said, this is the place I've reserved for you. And I look at it. It was broken down. It was dilapidated. They were trying to pull it down because even robbers were hiding here. And he said, this is the place of reserve for you. So I went to the man. I said, we will not need your property anymore. God has given us a place. In front there, they were planting maize. I paid for their maize to be uprooted so that they can have their crops paid for. 
And we started work in here. And we have been here for 30 years. We are about to step into our river Jordan. We are moving out of here into a place he has prepared for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? The presence of God commands the miraculous. Do you understand this? If you carry his presence everywhere, you have all things because he will direct you. Now, hear this. Hear this. God said to Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, and take him to Mount Moriah and offer him as burnt offering to me. It was a three days journey. And God showed him the very mountain where he would do it. You know the rest of the story. Don't you? His son asked him, my father, the knife, the fire, the wood, where is the lamb? And Abraham prophesied, God will provide himself a lamb. He bound his son, laid him down, and was ready. And God said, stop. Now, if the presence of God was not with him, he would have killed his son. But God said, stop. and said, look behind you. I've made provision before you got here. And he took the ram and gave it. And Abraham called what? The place Jehovah Jireh. He called what? The place. I can hear you. The place. He called the place Jehovah Jireh. He was not giving God a name. Jehovah Jireh is a place where your obedience commands the provision of God. And is a byproduct of his presence in your life. I place a high premium on God's presence in my life. Listen to David. They've chased him out of the throne. His son had kicked him out. He had left everything. They crowned the throne. But he prayed only one prayer. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. You have nothing if you don't have the Holy Spirit. Nothing. Because he who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit as he makes intercession for the saints of God. Why do you think God will make an exception with your own life? If he was with Abraham, he blessed him in all things. If he was with Isaac, he blessed him in all things. If he was with Jacob, he blessed him in all things. If he was Joseph, he blessed him in all things. If he was with David, he blessed him in all things. If he was with Adazah, Esther, blessed her in all things. Why do you think yours will now be buying and selling? That will give you all things. Why do you think a career and a profession is what will give you all things? A career and profession are mere tools. A trade is mere tool. His presence will direct you. And guess what? You only know about sowing and reaping. And you do not know there was no sowing and reaping in the Garden of Eden. There was no sowing and reaping. Things were growing there by themselves. Sowing and reaping had eaten the soul of the church because we do not know there are other realms where you do not have to sow at all. The birds of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into the barn. Your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of much worth than birds? Lift up your eyes and see. The harvest is ripe already, is white already. Huh? Do you not say in four months it will be harvest time? Lift up your John chapter 4. I'm sending you to reap where you do not bestow labor. It's not stealing. It's the presence of God. It will cause others to go do it. I'm going to give it to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 26. I close. See, I've not even been able to go to the second pillar. 
But in future, uh, after the live broadcast will continue, you will get it. Because the next one, no wicked person can attain it. It calls the peace of God. I don't care how much you have. If you don't have peace, the source of that money is not God. Because there's no peace for the wicked. We'll get there. Here, Ecclesiastes 2.26 is my last verse today. Ready? Read. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. What is that? This is also vanity and grasping for the wind. Eleshe niafi shefun. Eleshe niafi shefun. To gather, to heap up, and to transfer it to somebody else. Isn't that foolishness? You brought nothing into this world. And it is certain you will carry nothing out of this world. Why do you now spend your life to pursue things that will not follow you anywhere? Pursue God. And let him make go to serve you. Stand to your feet. If you serve God, he will make go to serve you. The purpose of gold is to worship God, not anything else. Must become, must not become your master. You must not confuse God head with gold head and confuse mammon with God. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands to God and say, Lord, let your presence ever abide with me. Let your presence ever abide with me. Let your grace, let your presence ever abide with me. Let your presence, let your presence permeate my entire life. Let your presence go with me everywhere. I covet no man's gold. I covet no man's silver. I covet no man's apparel. These my hands have, have, have provided for my necessities. It is much more blessed to give than to receive. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in my life today. Thank you. Your presence was the patriarchs of faith. You are with Joseph. You are with David. You are with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our God, we crave for your presence. As the heart pants after brook waters, so my soul pants after you. Help me, Father. As we press into you, remember your word. Bless a day, the anger and thirst for righteousness sake. For they shall be filled. For they shall be filled. For they shall be filled. Fill us with your presence and direct us from inside. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. I pray that the Word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye Bye for for now. now.